Thank you all for joining us here at I-80 Sports, where today we continue our 32-part 2021 team previews. Today's team, the Florida Panthers. Thank you all for joining us here again at I-80 Sports. Thank you all for joining us here again at I-80 Sports. Make sure you check out our website down below, i80sports.com, for all of our team previews coming up because we're already through with the Pacific Division, with the Central Division. We're moved on now to the Atlantic Division with the Metropolitan Division coming up quite soon. So make sure that you check out our website for all of our team previews from before and coming up because we're previewing all 32 teams leading up to the beginning of the NHL season in October. And if you're on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe for the rest of our team previews. And when the regular season begins, our NHL regularly scheduled, scheduled content, where eventually I will learn how to speak English too. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you follow down below at I80 underscore sports NHL. And if you're currently one of our followers, Thank you guys so much because we greatly value all of your support. We wouldn't be able to do this on a weekly basis without you. I'm Brian. He's Tom. How you doing today, Tom? Doing well, and here we are to preview a team that turned a lot of heads last year, believe it or not. I mean, they've been turning heads. They've been getting better as the years have gone on, and that is the Florida Panthers, um, a team that was an afterthought only a few years ago. Yeah, Florida Panthers have really turned things around very, very quickly in a very short amount of time. And uh, this is a team I'm actually quite excited to watch this year, but we're going to get into why that is over the course of this video, so stay tuned. First, we got to look back on how they did this past year. We got to look at some 2020 and 2021 team facts. So first and foremost, what was their record last year? Well, their record was 37-14-5. That's 37 wins to 14 losses to 5 overtime losses, which was good for 79 points, and they finished second in the NHL Central Division last year. Power play and penalty kill, not too shabby. On the power play, they were sitting at 20.53% on the power play. That's slightly above league average. And on the penalty kill, they were sitting pretty much right at league average at 79.76%. And quick note to also throw in here, fun fact, they had 189 goals for last year. That was fifth in the entire NHL last year. And they had 153 goals against, which was eighth in the entire NHL last year. So they were a, a very above average team last year in the NHL leading scorers for this team included Jonathan Huberto with 61 points, Alexander Barkov with 58 points. And then we had a tie between Carter Verhaeg and Mackenzie Weger for 36 points. So not too shabby at all. Some interesting names coming in and going out for the Florida Panthers. So we got to talk about some key additions and subtractions additions weren't many, but they're important. Key additions here were Sam Reinhart and Joe Thornton. Pretty big acquisition there. No pun intended. And subtraction-wise, Alex Wenberg, Anton Strahlman, Keith Yandel, and goaltender Chris Dreger 
who was selected by the Seattle Kraken in the expansion draft. Next, we got to move on to some X Factors. And no, we're not talking about NHL 22 X Factors. We're talking about our own brand of X Factors here. Who is pivotal to the Florida Panthers' success this year? Tom, I've done enough talking, so let's hear from you. Who do you feel are X Factors this year on the Florida Panthers? Well, I know I sound like a little bit of a broken record here, and I haven't even started yet, but I'm uh... – I'm going with the two mainstays, the two best players on this team. And right now, though, that is um, the likes of Alexander Barkov and Jonathan Huberto. Barkov is actually entering the last year of his deal and is going to be looking for a big, big payday come next summer. He's going to be out to prove with the upper management that he deserves to be paid. He's been either at or above a point per game over the last five years, and he's showing that he I – don't, I don't know if he's so much a top five center in the league right now, but I would definitely say he's a top 10 center in the league. I would definitely say that. Would definitely give him that. Jonathan Huberto, another one. At or over a point per game over the last few years. And here we are again with this Olympic factor. He is not, he's not a lock for Team Canada right now. Some people have him in their mock roster. Others don't. He's definitely not a lock. But I'll tell you what. If he plays well, I think he'll be going. However, if his game goes to hell, Hockey Canada, they have an embarrassment of riches at forward to choose from. So I feel like the potential to go over and represent what's going to be an already insanely stacked team Canada over in Beijing is going to really drive him this year to play to play better, to play better. And he's been playing great already, but to even play better than he's been playing just so he can go represent his country and then hopefully come back and have a big playoff as well for the Panthers. So um, uh, definitely those two guys, Barkoff and Huberto, come to my mind. Yeah, and I'm going to agree with you here in regards to – Alexander Barkov and Jonathan Huberto. And I'm going to sound like a broken record too, even though I haven't talked about them enough <laughs> at all. But let's keep going with that. Between the two of them last year, they registered 119 points. Though they do not always play on the same line and they rarely see you know, themselves on a five-on-five line, they're a nightmare to deal with on power play one. So they could be very big producers on the power play this year. These are two guys that are going to register anywhere between 18 to 20 minutes per night. These are guys that I think are locks to easily go very high in each fantasy draft that anybody would be in this year for sure they're going to be priorities for anybody huberto possibly more than barkov in some cases center is a very important position but with the point production from huberto i think that could be just as important as well another x factor could be another tandem on this team and that's spencer knight and sergey bobrovsky and their success is going to be pivotal to where florida finishes this year look Spoiler alert, foregone conclusion, but look, Florida is more than likely making the uh, playoffs this year. It's just a matter of where they finish in the standings this year. Now, one thing I do want to mention with Sergei Bobrovsky, because there were the naysayers over the past number of years in terms of his play. Um, In 31 games last year, he had 19 wins, 8 losses, and... 
he was rocking a 2.91 goals against average and a 906 save percentage. That's a bit of a weak save percentage. So I'll be kind of curious to see how Spencer Knight is going to complement Sergei Bobrovsky in net this year. So their success is going to be pivotal to the Florida Panthers' success, as most goalies are. Next, we're going to talk about some breakout candidates. Guys who haven't had a career year yet, maybe coming into their rookie season in the NHL, and could look to make a major impact on the Florida Panthers this year. Tom, who are potential breakout candidates on this Florida Panthers team this year? All right, well, I'm going with, uh, I guess, a little bit of an obvious choice here. I'm going with Anton Lundell. I think he really is ready to come over and play in the NHL. He was a very highly touted prospect in that 2020 dra draft. I really did want him on the Rangers until, well, you know, that fateful day where that were a ping pong ball, you know, shot up through the tube. And, well, we all know that story, story for another day. Anyways, he scored at just under a point per game pace with IFK at SM Liga. For those who don't know, that's the Finnish league last year. And he found a little bit of a goal scoring touch, too. I, he had more goals than he ever had last year. And originally, when people were saying, oh, this guy's going to be a playmaker, he's going to kind of be um, a, like a defensive, responsible center. He's not much of a goal scorer. Well, I guess, I guess everybody forgot to tell him that because he really started finding the back of the net last year. He's going to slide in on line three here, and I'm very, uh, I'm very confident in him, and I'm very curious to see what he's going to do in Florida. I really am. Yeah, and I think Lundell is a very, very popular pick here, and I agree. Anton Lundell will absolutely have a breakout year in his rookie season, if for sure that is going to be this year, which stranger things have happened. I think he is ready to make the – uh, make the change over to the NHL, and I think he ultimately will on opening night. But I'm still going to go with a different candidate to think about here as your breakout candidate, and I'm going to say highly touted goaltending prospect Spencer Knight, who is coming into his first full NHL season playing behind Sergei Bobrovsky or maybe playing a straight tandem with him. Stay tuned for variables. Spencer Knight looked pretty good and comfortable last year in his first uh, four NHL games last year. He won all four of his games, and he posted a 919 save percentage and a 2.32 goals against. Really solid for a small sample size. And anybody who has watched him at the World Juniors Tournament the past two years, he has been very, very impressive for Team USA. And he could be a very, 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 very exciting goalie to watch this year. Definitely a dark horse in fantasy drafts. If you're looking to pick up a goaltender, maybe near the mid rounds, maybe near the later rounds, if somebody doesn't scoop him up early, he could be a really, really good goaltender to pick up for fantasy this year. Next, we're going to talk about the potential opening night lineup here for the Florida Panthers, which, of course, we got to put an asterisk in here that, it's currently the middle of September. Training camp has not opened just yet. We're still about a week away from training camp's opening and from some simulated games being played and the rookie challenge starting as well. So take this opening night lineup with a grain of salt as per usual. There's still a lot of time until the beginning of October, even though we're just at this point days away rather than weeks away. So Without further ado, and with all of that, of course, being said, what could this Florida Panthers uh, lineup look like come opening night? Well, we got to start, as always, with forward line one, the top line, and we're moving from left wing to center to right wing, as we always do. Starting on the left side, Carter Verhaeg with 
Alexander Barkov, and recently acquired Sam Reinhardt. Next to the second line, we've got Jonathan Huberto with Sam Bennett, who was acquired at the trade deadline last year from Calgary, and Anthony Duclair. Next onto the third line, Frank Vetrano with Anton Lundell and Owen Tepet, which I've got to also add for Owen Tepet that he is an honorable mention as a breakout candidate. I think this former first round pick could also be an exciting player to watch this year and a bit of a dark horse in that top nine for the Florida Panthers as well. Lastly, rounding out the fourth line, we've got Mason Marchment, Noel Achari, and Patrick Hornquist. Next, onto the first line of defense, we have Mackenzie Weger with the recently healed up Aaron Ekblad. Next, onto the second line of defense, Marcus Nudavara with Brandon Montour. And onto the third line of defense, Gustav Forsling and those who know my sarcasm, my favorite defenseman, Radko Gudis. Next, We've got the goaltending, which I made this a 1A, 1B situation because I truly believe that it will be a 1A, 1B situation. I think between these two, they could get an even 50-50 split of games this year, maybe maybe 55-45 or 60-40 in favor of Bobrovsky at least to start off with, but just going to have to see how the year goes. So goalie 1A, Sergei Bobrovsky, goalie 1B, Spencer Knight. So... A really, really interesting and strong lineup that the Florida Panthers are putting out this year. But of course, they're not without their variables. There's some ways that this lineup can change between now and the beginning of the season in October. There's ways that this lineup can change between October to the Olympic break and then afterwards going all the way until the trade deadline and even into the postseason. So, Tom, let's start with you. What are some variables on this Florida Panthers lineup? Well, um, for me, it's the goaltending, to tell you the truth. Um, what's what's bothering me, and what's, I've still been scratching my whole head over this for the last two years, is I don't understand how you draft Spencer Knight, who was a highly touted goalie prospect coming in, who you knew maybe would be a few years away. You might have to, you know, let him develop down in uh, – down in. Uh, let me just – I'm trying to look where he played here. Down in college, I want to say juniors, but I knew if I said juniors, I was going to be dead wrong. I'd be kicking myself over it. So down at Boston College. And then you go out that same summer and you sign Sergei Bobrovsky for $10 million a year. Bobrovsky's been anything. I, I'm not going to say anything but good, but Bobrovsky's been, you know, le- hasn't been um uh hasn't been the goalie that you know they wanted to give that money to. He hasn't been great down there in Florida. And now you have kind of a one-two punch here, a one A and one B, which I do agree with. I think it's a good thing to have. But now you have $10 million tied up in a goalie who you might be only playing half the time. And you have a, a decent defense. You have Aaron, Aaron Eckblad on that first pair, who's a very good defenseman. But when you start getting away from that first pair, it gets, you know, question marks arise. You might want to make a deal at the deadline and bring in a guy to play on, on your second deep pair. Maybe a guy who was a first pair defenseman on a weaker club. But here's the problem. You have $10 million of your cap invested in a goalie who you're only going to play half the time. And that, to me, that's what's going to be a limiting factor with this team. That's going to be the biggest variable is that cap hit for Sergei Bobrovsky. A $10 million cap hit for a goalie is ludicrous. And hell, hell, as a Ranger fan, I know more than anybody. We had 8.5 mil tied up in Lundqvist for how many years and had to buy him out. So I just think this goaltending situation – with Knight and Bobrovsky, while it's a great tandem, 
at the end of the day, I think Knight eventually is going to get the nod. If it's not this year, it's going to be next year. And you're going to be stuck with a $10 million a year goalie. And that $10 million a year could be used to improve this club and other, in other departments. So yeah, that's the variable in my mind. Yeah. And I agree. Cause I think Florida is going to have to be creative with their cap situation because they're, they don't have a lot of room on their cap last time I checked, which actually I apologize for not actually having this up right now, but I'm actually curious as to what their cap situation is right now. So I'm, Thank God for cap friendly for this one. They're currently, uh, and like I said in a separate video, thank God for cap friendly and hockey reference because otherwise we'd just be pulling this like straight from the air. So daily face off as well. They they've helped. Yeah, me daily face off and, and also the athletic. We have yeah. also been you know using as you know consultation with. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, their projected cap space right now is currently sitting at a cool one point three million. As of right now, that number more than likely changes once you get to the regular season in October. Uh, so sitting right now in the offseason, it's sitting at 1.3. So, yeah, you're going to have to be creative with that cap if they do want to make a deadline move to maybe you know go out and get a rental. Uh, yeah, I think one big variable in my mind related to Sergei Bobrovsky is will Spencer Knight claim the number one goalie spot eventually this year? I think that if Bobrovsky does not perform up to the level of his contract and Spencer Knight only continues to perform like he did at world juniors, like he did at the end of the season last year when Florida was using him, even into the playoffs when Florida used Spencer Knight in the playoffs. I think that Florida is going to need to make a very tough decision to maybe insert Spencer Knight as the de facto number one goaltender, which would be really difficult after the money that they shelled out for Sergei Bobrovsky. Moving on from that topic, I mean, will we see more rookies crack this lineup? There are some really interesting rookies that are right on the cusp of breaking this team. Uh, namely, Saran Noel, Grigory uh, Denisenko, and Etu uh, Lusterainen. I think those are some interesting names. that, And I know I just butchered uh, the, last, the last name. I know I did. That's a tough one to say. And uh, these finished last names, man. Yeah, exactly. But that being said, these are three guys that are right on the cusp of, you know, cracking this NHL lineup. And I think that is only going to perpetuate maybe the need to maybe dump a few contracts. So that way they can make room for those rookies eventually. Lastly, if Anton Lundell, for whatever reason, doesn't make the opening night lineup, I could see Joe Thornton easily sliding into that center position for the Florida Panthers this year. If not on that third line, there also could be a situation where Noel Achari could sit certain nights for Joe Thornton. If, Joe Thornton, if Joe Thornton even makes this team. That's I have another a question caveat. for you here, though. Okay. Say if Thornton makes it, but Achari and uh, Lundell really do tear it up. Do you think they waive Joe Thornton? I think there's a very good chance that that could happen and maybe have that that really difficult uh, conversation with Joe Thornton. It's no secret. Joe Thornton is going for his white whale, if you will. He's never won a Stanley Cup uh, since coming into the league in 1997. He's still trying to win that Stanley Cup. And if there's one guy that's deserving to do it, it's Joe Thornton. I think choosing a team like the Florida Panthers is a very interesting and very good choice for him. It's a very balanced lineup in general, and it will be interesting to see if he cracks this lineup, but you're looking down the center right now. 
You got Alexander Barkov, Sam Bennett, potentially Anton Lundell, Nolachari. Where is the room right now for Joe Thornton? There's really no room on this team for Joe Thornton. Maybe it's a healthy scratch. Could you play you him know, on the wing? I mean, maybe you play him a little bit on the wing. I don't know if that's a good utilization for Joe Thornton nowadays. I don't know if that's the right way you use him anymore. I mean, but not for nothing. I mean, I'm sorry that we're dragging this out here and turning it into a roundtable here. No, but at the same time, it's proper because this is a legitimate question for the Florida Panthers this year. I mean, not for nothing. We, we, we spoke about that 0-2 Red Wings team a couple nights ago. And one thing to remember is this. As great as that team was, Steve Eiserman at career center, where was Steve Eiserman playing on that team? On the right wing with Sergey Fedorov and Brendan Shanahan. That is true. Now, that being said, Joe Thornton has a few years on where Steve Eiserman was at that oh, point. Of course, of course so, but it's just a comparable situation in my mind. Something that oh, absolutely. It's 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 absolutely comparable. But that's going to be an interesting thing to kind of follow during training camp and just see how this lineup officially takes shape. I think and this is one of the more fluid on, uh, lineups that we have seen in a, in a while. Yeah, one more tidbit, though. And here's mm-hmm. another thing. The greatest player in hockey history, Wayne Gretzky, in that 97 run on the Rangers in the conference finals against the Flyers, Wayne Gretzky played in the right wing on the first line with Mark Messier and Essa Tikkanen. That so is it true. can be done. It can it be done. Can be done. Gordon has been done. Thornton's a lot farther along than those two guys are, but you know, it's just something that popped in my head when you started talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. And like we said, this is why we have these variables. This is why we have this discussion because it's an interesting talking point. And that I feel like is a very interesting talking point. You know, we're talking about a matter of like a few points here or there, but you know, still interesting storylines to watch. If you're a Florida Panthers fan, if you're a Joe Thornton fan too, because there are plenty of those out there as well. All right, it's time to move on from variables. It's time to move on to our last topic of the day, our question of the day, which remains the same for these series of videos. Where do the Florida Panthers finish in the Atlantic Division this year? Tom, let's start with you. Where do you think the Florida Panthers finish this year in the Atlantic Division? Um, I'm going to go with second or third here. As we already know, I've picked the Boston Bruins to win this division because there's just a hell of a lot I like about that team. Um, It's a toss-up. Between with the Panthers, is a toss up between them and another team who wears blue and white. Now, I'm going to let you guess because there's two really good teams in this division who wear blue and white, but I'm not going to reveal who that is. You guys are just going to have to stay tuned to when we do those previews and you'll find out. I'm not going to say who they are right now. Yeah, we got a little bit to wait on those uh, blue and white teams as well. And everybody knows who we're talking about, but we're not spilling the beans on this one. For me, I'm going to go very bold. And those who know me, you know, and have followed the show for, you know, over a year now, know that when I go bold, <laughs> nine times out of ten, it doesn't happen. Though I have had cases where it has happened. Kirill uh, Kaprizov winning the Calder Trophy, calling that mm-hmm. like well in advance of everybody else. Mm-hmm. That was a bold mm-hmm. prediction at that time, and it ended up coming true. But there were other bold predictions I also made, like Thomas Shabbat winning the Norris Trophy. That was quite bold. Jack Eichel winning the Hart Trophy. That's just laughable at this point. So we're just going to you know, forget about those. Let's think about this bold prediction that I have. So here it is. I think the Florida Panthers are going to finish in first place this year. It's a very bold prediction. It could blow up right in my face. Here's the thing. Here's the easiest conclusion. Florida's a playoff team this year. 
you know, look at the acquisitions. They had limited acquisitions, but the ones that they made were huge. Sam Reinhart. You don't go out and get Sam, Sam Reinhart if you don't think you're a playoff team. You don't re-sign Brandon Montour if you don't think you're a playoff team. These were very, very important moves and decisions that the Florida Panthers made this year because they think that highly of the lineup that they have right now. And I think that highly of the lineup that they have this year. How high do I think of this team right now? Well, I think that this might be the best Florida Panthers lineup on paper in the franchise's history. They could be a lot, I mean a lot, of fun to watch this year if they get that number one position in the Atlantic division and win the Atlantic, that could really, really pay off for them come playoff time being that number one seed and just being a nightmare to other teams with home ice advantage. It's just going to be really interesting to watch. Florida could be a very, very fun team to watch this year, but as always, guys, what do you guys think? Do you agree? Do you disagree with us? You got to let us know down below in the comments section. And while you're there, drop a like and subscribe for all of our team previews coming up. Because, hey, you might not necessarily be a Florida Panthers fan, but you might be a fan of another team that we haven't quite covered just yet. But don't worry. That's all going to be coming before the beginning of the NHL season in October as we are covering all 32 NHL teams. Make sure you check out our content. And where else can you check out our content? Great question. You can check us out down below at i80sports.com, where not only can you find our back catalog of NHL content as well as our team previews, but you can also find our NFL, NCAA football, MLS, and NBA coverage there as well, as all of those seasons are currently underway, except for the NBA season. Still talking Knicks over on that channel, so you got to make sure that you give love to all of our content creators, either on YouTube or down below at i80sports.com. And hey, if you're on Twitter, make sure you follow down below at i80 underscore sports NHL. If you're currently one of our followers, thank you so much because we greatly value all of your support. And without you guys, we can't do this on a weekly basis. But, guys, as usual, it's time to move away from the Florida Panthers. It's time to move on to a different team in the Atlantic Division. So with that, we bid you adieu. I'm Brian. He's Tom. This has been our Florida Panthers 2021-2022 team preview. <laughs>